Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Welcome into another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're here with us yet again. This is Gerald with you, of course. And I have another pea on the pod. I have another guy that I brought along with me for this countdown that he chose this evening. I want you to say hello to a buddy of mine, a podcasting friend of mine. He's been on the show before, and I just had the opportunity to go on his show for the first time very recently. And I'm a big fan of his, but his name is Brandon from the Rick and Morty Podcast, the Twilight Zone Podcast. Dude's everywhere, man. He's there. Now he's on two peas on a podcast. I mean, this guy's everywhere. Brandon, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, hey, hey! I'm doing. I'm doing great. I'm. I'm even better now that I'm that I'm here on your show and not on mine. <laughs> it's always better when you're not on your own, right? That's how I feel too. Um, uh, the pressure is all back on you. Yeah. Gosh. Now I'm back on hosting. How did, I, how did I get roped back into that? Well, well, thanks for being here, man. I mean, you know we do a top five show. We do countdowns every week. And this is one that you came up with. So don't give away any titles. You know, I don't like to do that until we get into the meat of the countdown. But without giving away any titles, first up, why don't you tell everybody what exactly is the countdown tonight? What are we counting down? Okay, yeah. Tonight we are counting down our top five graphic novels turned into films. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it just, just to clarify, we're talking graphic novels we're not necessarily talking about comic books but if we slip into it if it happens it happens uh you know pictures yeah. pictures and words yeah that's graphic and novels kind of yeah what happens on the piece stays on the piece brother that's right <laughs> i don't know what that means but yeah no i, I mean I, I tried to be as truthful to the list as i could so i definitely stayed away from anything that i knew was comic book origin now if i'm an idiot and something's on my list and it is comic book it wasn't intentional so i think all of mine originated from a graphic novel or from graphic novels a series of them now you pitched this list brandon so where did that come from man are you do you do you read graphic novels do you have a, a lineage of, of following that or are you a big fan of that i i i, I looked at the the list of things that you have covered mm-hmm, throughout yeah. throughout the past and and for for a second i was like oh i was listening to uh, on spotify there's a yacht rock playlist and i'm like ah yeah maybe maybe i'll talk about yacht rock and i looked it up and uh, no, you 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 done that a long long time ago. Like, okay, well, uh, moving on from that. Uh, I, I I watched a movie fairly recently. Um, I'm not gonna say what it was, but I'm like, oh, graphic novel, and people didn't know that was a graphic novel. Right. And so then I so then I thought there are a lot of movies that are graphic novels that people aren't necessarily aware of. Mm-hmm. And uh and actually and then when I actually pr- uh, proposed it to you, mm-hmm. what the one of the first things you said to me was, uh, are there are there even ten of those movies that exist? <laughs> right. Well, that's why I was at a couple pointers I wanted to, to mention is that, that that it was my initial thought was like I had two that came to mind right away, and then after that I was like, what else is 
loser. But but, <laughs> but then I did dive a little deeper, and I, I you know I was like, oh okay, you know I I forgot that, or oh I didn't know that was a graphic novel. I thought that was a comic or like whatever. So I did come up with some. Now this has only happened a handful of times, Brandon. But I hope you know, in some ways, you stumped me a little bit because this is one of the very very few episodes where I don't have ten entries, including my honorable mentions. So normally I have my top five, okay, as you know, and then I have five honorable mentions to round up my top ten. Tonight, I was not able to do that. I have nine films that I'm going to mention this evening. And the reason being is because I could have filled that 10th spot with with fluff or with some popular pick that I saw on some post on Google and whatever. <laughs> but as you know, and as most of the listeners know, you know, this is a list that's true to me. It's a personal list. I'm hoping you did that as well. These are just my favorite films that fit into this category. Okay, same, right. same for you, right? So, yeah, no, no. This it's all superficial. I don't care about any of these movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. These, these, I, I, I went over to my top five, and then I went over it with my wife because uh, she knows me better than anybody. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she, she helped me order them correctly. Oh, nice. Well, that's good. It's always good when you get wife help. You know, <laughs> I always seek my wife's help for these lists too, and she always gives me a couple. You know, that would be on her list or whatever, and that helps me kind of mold my own list. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're in the pipe. Five by five. All right, man. Well, uh, you're the guest here. You came up with the topic. I'm so thrilled that you're back. Brandon, if you're ready to get started, man, I'm going to let you kick us off with your number five movie based on a graphic novel. What do you got, man? Well, well, well thank, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, my, my number five movie is the movie that kind of embodies graphic novels, mm-hmm. uh, the, way it was, the way it was shot, the way it was filmed. Uh, it was like a graphic novel brought to screen. It is the movie, I think it's 2005, directed by Frank Miller, Tarantino, and Robert Rodriguez, Sin City, mm-hmm. uh, which was originally Frank Miller uh, written by, a bunch of graphic novels by Frank Miller. And uh, yeah, th- th- this movie is is kind of what I think about when, when I think of, again, like what a graphic novel visualized and actualized on, on screen would be. Mm-hmm. Just the, that, that kind of uh, surreal kind of sense uh, with Mickey Rourke and his, the prosthetics that he had uh, for, for his scenes. Elijah Wood, like the really creepy elijah wood yeah yeah, as a serial killer right um just jessica alba rosario dawson all that stuff it just i didn't i didn't even think about this movie until i was looking again through the list of graphic novels Mm -hmm. and and i was like now this this has to be on there for me yes revolutionary man it's going to be on my list much higher so uh when i said that two films came to mind they ended up being my top two and Ah. uh, this was one of them so a little spoiler alert for my list but sin city is i feel like Kind of like what you said, when when somebody says a movie based on a graphic novel, if they have any knowledge of that subgenre, they're going to think of this movie almost immediately. Um, just because of the way it was filmed and the way it looks, uh, regardless of the story, which is also very intriguing, by the way, and enthralling. And bro, Jessica Alba. Forget about it. I, I mean, uh, Nancy Callahan in this movie, dude. Forget about it. Uh, yes. So I agree with you. So that's your number five, Sin City. It's going to be coming up later on my list. Good pick, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What, what, what is, uh, what's, what's your number five? So my number five, uh, ironically, comes from a filmmaker that I cannot stand. Uh, <laughs> I just don't like his films, typically. Uh, think um, I think now, there's two films that he's done, and I'm talking about as a director, that I do thoroughly enjoy, and one of them falls into the category of being uh, coming from a graphic novel. It's Mr. Zack Snyder, and it's three mm. the movie 300 that he did in 2006. Oh, 300. Okay. Yeah, so... 
the story of 300, uh, you know, this is also just a very, like, I mean, we're, we're talking about graphic novels as an origin here, and this is a very, just like, page-to-screen, like, almost over-the-top, unrealistic version of this of this really cool story of Sparta and their revolution and their in, in gaining their independence and this battle where, you know, these 300 men have to face off against the Athenians, and it's just like, you know, thousands of people against these 300 dudes, and they somehow overcome that they somehow win and you have Gerard Butler who you know I mentioned not really being a fan of Snyder I'm also not really a fan of Butler from an <laughs> from an acting perspective but I mean in this movie he kills it man uh as King Leonidas he's just he's just awesome in this role and you know you have these warriors these Spartans in basically speedos and capes uh you know with shields and swords and just it's, it's a brutal film. There's blood flying all over the screen at all times. Uh, it's a wartime film, so the brutality is there. But I love 300, man. I just love the look of it. And like I said, it's one of the very few snack, uh, Zack Snyder films that I can get behind. And it does come from uh, Frank Miller. I believe you mentioned Frank Miller with Sin City too, right? I think he is. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. so here he is again for 300. But that's my number five. You, are you a fan of this one? I, I, am, I, am, a fan, I am a fan of 300. And, and I'll be honest, I... I I thought about it heavily. It was it was that between it was between that or Sin City, mm-hmm. and and Sin City kind of jumped out to me more so than than Three Hundred did. Uh, Three Hundred spawned spawned a sequel. It spawned lots of you know parody and and how many how many memes and gifs have we seen of of Gerard Butler <laughs> yelling this is Sparta or or this is something else or, right. or kicking somebody in, into a pit right 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 yeah That's, um, I mean it, but in, in that in the truest form of what you're saying though. It did become iconic in that way. Oh yeah. Uh, I oh, mean, yeah. at least in modern cinema, like if you're thinking thinking about films from since the year 2000, for example. Uh, I mean, that scene even when he does kick that guy into the pit um, is just you know the way that it's shot in slow motion, and it's just really cool, and it's embedded in your mind. If that's if you're a fan of cinema since the year 2000, that's one of those iconic kind of scenes, in my opinion. Yeah. What what Snyder does right is he does visuals right, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I uh, undeniable he he's really good with with visuals Mm -hmm. uh and especially if it's not his uh property (laughs) (laughs) fair enough uh yeah i don't know man i just didn't get on the snyder train man the other film and it's ironic i've mentioned this on the show before but the other film of him that i really like is a movie that's hated by fucking everybody i know uh sucker punch did you see that Uh, did you see that one uh, everybody hates that movie and i really loved it so great visuals yeah great visuals um, good soundtrack but I love that movie man I don't know everybody hates it I mean I get it you know so but but <laughs> well th- he his 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 uh rep his reputation stems from like music videos that that's that's where he comes from so right like his incorporation of music and those visuals they they go hand in hand with all the movies that, that he's done yeah I agree man so that's my five 300 so we both start out with a little Frank Miller there so that's cool all right yeah. man so we're up to you what's your four all right uh so let's let's you know, I'm kind of done talking about Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about my number four, Watchmen. Okay. Uh, yeah. Directed yeah. by Zack Snyder. Of course. Uh, written by Alan Moore. Getting away from Frank Miller for, for a minute. Uh, I, I, I already, we already talked a lot 
about Zack Zack Snyder. Watchmen was a is a is a graphic novel that is is influential, have highly influential. Uh, so much so that they um, Damon Lindelof came out and with a series on on HBO uh, with the Watchmen series, yeah, which yeah. is a, conti- a continuation of the graphic novel, not not the movie. Um, but I was so stoked. This is still when I was a Zack Snyder fan that he came out with the Watchmen and was was putting that on on screen for us all to 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 see. Uh, the visuals are great. It is it is an actualization of that graphic novel, and so I I, I have it as my number four. The only uh, my wife made me put it lower, uh, understandably so, because of the hallelujah sex scene uh, between. <laughs> wow, that uh, came up. Uh, that came up on a countdown that actually hasn't aired yet. As we're sitting here, Brandon, so you haven't heard it, <laughs> but it was for the most cringe-worthy movie moments. And, oh yeah, and that came up on my guest list, and I had to agree with them. Oh man, wow, what the hell was that? <laughs> It so, just turned into something completely different. It, went, it turned into like the Young and the Restless all of a sudden. I thought it was strange. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the part that makes that more cringy is then he used it for his Snyder cut uh, for the Justice League. <laughs> I know, he did. Oh, don't get me. Don't we have to do this? Don't get me started <laughs> okay, on this. Okay, I okay. can't. I, I don't know. I'm just not. A, I, we talked about it when I mentioned 300. I'm just not a fan of the dude, man. And uh, I, I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not in this in the in the business of tearing somebody down because I mean let's be honest he's obviously a better filmmaker than I am so you know I'm not trying to tear him down or I just never got on board you know what I mean it just missed me I don't connect with it there's a few projects of his here and there like I mentioned 300 and Sucker Punch and some other stuff that I, I like and you and I both think the cinematography and the visuals are great which I agree but the whole DC thing man is just like <laughs> I, I don't know I, I just yeah. I'm not a fan of what he's doing with it I'll just I'll I'll, I'll top it off with this. Zack Zack Snyder, his best movie that I like is the Dawn of the Dead remake, mm-hmm. and mostly yeah, that was good, and mostly because James Gunn wrote it, who is one of my favorite filmmakers. Yeah, that was good. I agree with that. I, I like that movie as well. Um, I think the source material probably helps that one, kind of like what you were saying when it's not his property. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I, I mean, the Watchmen's good. You know what I love about the Watchmen is that opening credit sequence uh, with, the Bob, oh, yeah. with the Bob Dylan tune um, and just kind of going through the lineage of the Watchmen and kind of the, the history of like 30 or 40 years or whatever it is over that first yep. few minutes of the movie when they're doing the credits. Uh, that's a really cool uh, slow motion kind of opening credit sequence that I love from the Watchmen. I thought, I, I'm not saying I dislike that movie. I think it's a good pick. I just... It was way too long for me. I remember watching that movie going, man, I wish this had ended like an hour ago, like <laughs> snip and cut. You know, I, I don't know. I get I get lost personally when movies go over that two hour mark. It starts to kind of drain on me a little bit. But that's that's me. You know, it's it's me. It's not you, you know, kind of thing. So, right, right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so not to berate your pick too much, but The Watchmen uh, was, no. was your number four, man. All right. No, so, you're, you're right. I should change it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Change it. We'll re-record. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. All right. So. My number four, I think, remind me who wrote Watchmen. Where, who was the writer for that source? Alan, Alan Moore. I think Alan Moore wrote this one too, but I don't have. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not exactly sure. But it's from 2002. Road to Perdition is my number four. Oh uh, yeah, Road to Perdition. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll look it up as you as you talk about. But it. directed by Sam Mendes. So from a cinema perspective, I love Sam Mendes. Uh, one of my favorite. Uh, he just has a really cool like eye for filmmaking. 1917 came out this past year, which was great. Uh, I love the movie American Beauty. Still one of my favorite films of all time, despite the spacey factor. 
Uh, he's done a couple James Bond films that I really like, but I love Sam Mendes. But this movie is, is cool because it's a redemption story. It's a revenge story. It features Tom Hanks in a very, very different role for him, uh, especially in 2002 when this movie came out. You know, Tom Hanks was at the height of kind of his charming guy. And, you know, we knew him from some Oscar winning roles and some rom-com roles. And he was just kind of this lighthearted everyman. And in Road to Perdition, he's a kind of cold-blooded hitman, basically. And the movie takes a turn when he has to uh, show us his softer side to reconnect with his son, but also to get vengeance for what happened to the rest of his family. Um, and Paul Newman's at the helm for being kind of his adversary in that respect. And, dude, Paul Newman is, like, one of the Hollywood just elite. I mean, one of the greats in the history of, of, of acting. And he really killed it in this role as kind of the patriarch. And, um, you know, Hanks is great great. I can remember Daniel Craig was in this film. He had a great kind of sub role in this film. Stanley Tucci's in there. But yeah, Road to Perdition's a great like old school gangster film. It takes place during the Great Depression and it's, and it's a gangster movie at its core. But uh, I, I would recommend anybody checking it out. And I didn't know this was based on a graphic novel until very recently, Brandon. I just found that out yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, I, I, I knew this a long time ago uh, and, I've, and I've never actually read the graphic novel, but I was always, th- this, this is one of those movies, graphic novel wise, and I won't say any others, just in case they're on your list, mm-hmm. of, of, of movies based on graphic novels that you would never... Have expected them to to be because they don't they don't seem right they don't they 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 seem like they were were screenplays you know Chinatown or uh, mm-hmm. uh, Exorcist three you know just things that that things that are grounded right and you, you don't think of kind of grounded stories from from graphic novels you think of excitement and and uh, killing joke uh, bat you know Batman type R- stuff. right when you think graphic novel it's almost in a in a parallel world with like comic book you know and like you know this this gangster this old school gangster kind of story you're right you wouldn't think it would originate on the pages of a graphic novel or really even necessarily in a book even it it just feels very cinematic it feels very film real you know what i mean yeah Uh, but but it did come from pages which is which is probably part of its charm and part of why i possibly attached to it but i mean i i loved the movie way before i knew that it came from a graphic novel and when i found that out i was like oh kind of like what you're saying i was like oh that's interesting like i would have never expected that um and i probably should seek it out but i also have never seen or read the graphic novel either so but yeah that's my number four road to perdition yeah, yeah by by max allen collins okay is, so is not the, the not the same dude i don't know why that name sounded familiar to me i thought maybe he had uh been involved in that but i guess not so yeah well it's it's the, the Alan Moore, Max Allen Collins. It, yeah, it sounds. Uh, no, Alan, Alan's in it. <laughs> you're, you're sweet. Thank you. But I, I think maybe I just got it wrong. <laughs> I, uh, I do, I do want to mention also uh, about uh, Paul Newman is that was his last live action feature film. Yeah, yeah I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Uh, so that you know, he did he did um, the whatever that car movie, the one the movie one movie about cars. I don't know what it's called. Uh, well, I will <laughs> tell you. I mean, I will tell you, Paul Newman, man. <laughs> is just a treasure uh, from an acting perspective. You know, I, I saw him in this movie that is literally the most forgetful movie that you would ever... Uh, me even telling you about it, I'm almost ashamed, but it was a movie I remember starring Kevin Costner and Paul Newman played his dad. It was a movie called Message in a Bottle. Have you ever heard of it or seen that? No. Well, it was a romance story <laughs> where it was a love story between Kevin Costner and the lead actress, which is uh, failing me to remember who the lead actress was. But Paul Newman plays his dad and <laughs> the premise of the movie I'll try to make this quick is that Kevin Cott they live on on the coast they live on the coast they have like a beach house on the beachfront house or whatever he lives with his pop you know and Kevin Cott 
Prosser finds this message in a bottle that floats up on the ocean. And the, the goal of him is to find the girl that wrote the letter, you know, and it's very cheesy because he's on a mission to find her. When he finds her, they connect and blah, 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 blah. blah. So literally the most like barf inducing fucking romance movie you could think of, right? But Paul yeah. Newman is like, you're watching it going, this guy's a fucking like incredible actor. Like you're just like mesmerized by him as his father figure in this literal piece of shit movie. Um, and Paul Newman just does that, man. Every time I see him on camera, particularly when he was like in his older years, uh, when he was like an elderly gentleman, he was just so good at playing those types of roles and he really nails it in, in uh, Road to Perdition too. So sorry to get off on a Paul Newman love face no, there, no, but I think no. he's one of the greats. So you, you, you needed to, and you need to talk about his dressing. Um, <laughs> I should actually. He makes a really good Caesar. So... Uh, um, all right, man. Sorry. So wherever to you, what's your number three, man? All right. Going, going, sticking with this kind of theme of movies that come out that don't seem like they're graphic novels. It's the, the movie is directed by David Cronenberg, my, one of my, one of my favorite directors, mm. David Cronenberg, a history of violence yes. starring Vigo Mortensen, Maria Bello and Ed Harris. Uh, so this, 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 this movie, I think I knew was actually, I don't know if I knew when I watched it, that it was a, a graphic novel, but I was just, when, when it came out, I was going through this phase of, oh, Cronenberg had, had done so many things that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, let me let me be the first to, to go go see it in the theaters and and this this idea of a, a mild-mannered man who all of a sudden you find out that he's actually he's actually a badass old hitman for the mob but he's he's got his family and and he's trying to to put his his violent history in the past it was just so well acted uh and like a really cringy love scene in in the middle on on some steps i actually i i, I take that back it wasn't cringy but it was you know if you're you're watching it with somebody you're like i i don't want you to know that i'm turned on by this type of thing you know <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Uh, it's like pillow on the lap scene right yeah yeah yeah. uh don't don't lay on me right now (laughs) well this is one that i i'm going to admit you know i mentioned to you when before we started recording that there was some i wish i could have gotten in this is one that i haven't seen man oh really which is crazy because i do love cronenberg and i'm a big fan particularly of like his 80s body horror stuff and i just never i don't know i just i haven't seen it it passed me by so when i saw that it was based on a graphic novel when i was researching this list i didn't know that first of all i just found that out a couple days ago and then when i saw it popping up on the list i was like ashamed because i was because it's like on my to-do list of one of the movies i have to see yeah. so it's a blind spot for me i haven't seen this one well i i, I do highly recommend it you know it again it's it's about he, he's trying to put the past behind him mm-hmm. and this, his past is trying to pull him back in uh and and he's just he's just trying to be a good husband right. a good father and but he's 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 fighting against his uh, nature, I, I guess. In his past, right? Yeah, which you know, for for Cronenberg, that he's he's big on the body horror. He's big on the the psychological aspects of of, of people and in. Uh, what what else? he did like, you know the dangerous method a little bit later on mm-hmm. as he as he got into that realm so it really sticks to the theme of of body horror, horror but more of a, of a psychological piece right. um, just trying to change yourself and uh, yeah anyways well, that's it that's well it. it's been on my to do list for a long time and I, I I'm really regretful that I haven't seen it yet and it hasn't to my knowledge come up on the show with any of my guests on like various lists that we've done for different countdowns and I was like oh man this is based on a graphic novel. <laughs> 
and I just didn't have a chance to, to squeeze it in to watch it because I guarantee you it probably would have at a minimum been a my honorable mentions because I love Cronenberg. I love a lot of the actors involved, but now that you're giving it such high praise, that's just another reason for me to make sure I put my eyeballs on it. So you get you uh, got to do it. I mean, Eastern Promises is better, but we're not we're not talking about non graphic novels. We're talking yeah, about yeah. Let's keep it to the brief here, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so History of Violence is your number three. My number three is probably much more lighthearted than that, and this is a film that I love, man. So my top three are literally interchangeable. It's like 1A, 1B, 1C. I love them so much. So what I tried to do, you know, is I tried to say, okay, which one do I want to watch more like right now? And that's literally what I did. And there's other factors that might go into like why I want to watch them more, and I'll get to them when I come to my two and my one. But my number three, is another filmmaker that I love, but it's from 2010. The filmmaker is Edgar Wright. And, oh, yeah. And it's Scott Pilgrim versus the world, man. Um, you've seen this, I assume. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've heard about it in the trade papers. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim, man. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, Michael Sarah is like just the fucking cutest person alive. Like, I, I literally <laughs> love that dude. And uh, as an actor and anything I see him in, I'm just so endeared to him. Like, you know, super bad. Uh, what was it? The end of the world they did with a few years ago. Or this is the end that they did a few years ago when he was That's in right, that. Yeah. And he played himself. He like fell into the hell abyss or whatever. Uh, but he's just such a charming, like quietly reserved, funny guy, you know, and he's he's so quirky and he's not typically you won't see him and go, oh, yeah, he's a leading man. Like you just don't think that. But in Scott Pilgrim, uh, Scott Pilgrim, he is and he kills it, man. Listen to this cast list. I mean, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Aubrey Plaza, Jason Schwartzman. Chris Evans, Brandon Ruth. Uh, I mean, on and on, bro. I mean, this cast list is amazing. It, it came out in 2010, so it features so many actors that would ultimately go on to become superheroes, superheroes in their own films, you know, <laughs> in, in a lot of respects. Uh, Captain Marvel's in this film. Captain America's in this film. Superman's in this film. So it's crazy in that way, too, because it obviously comes from a graphic novel origin. And it really does have that feel where you can tell Edgar Wright tried to basically bring the pages to life and the way he shot it. And a lot of the, you know, words and subtitles that will pop up on the screen um, during scenes that look like they were taken right off the pages of the comic book or whatever. Um, yeah. And, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in this movie, too, as Ramona, is, you know, the object of his affection. And she was painted in such a beautiful light as a heroine where she's the object of your affection, too. And, like, you really want it to work and you really... Uh, you know, you're magnetized to her character as well. And I feel like, you know, part of that's her acting, which is amazing, but also the way it was filmed. I thought it was done so beautifully how they kind of, you know, tiptoed around that. So I just love Scott Pilgrim versus the world, man. It's, it's, it's remained one of my favorite movies since I saw it, you know, 10 years ago. So, and Edgar Wright, I love too. Yes. Uh, you know, he's a filmmaker that I just go back to time and time again, baby driver, hot fuzz, Shaun of the dead, you know, on and on. So I love him too and his style of filmmaking, but Scott Pilgrim is my number three. So is this one, going to show up for you or no uh yeah you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to see all right okay all right okay well i didn't know if you want to talk about it now or if it was coming up so i'll, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah i'll just i, I mean there, there are things i want to say so here, here's what i'll say is mary elizabeth winstead any any celebrity crush i uh had for her originated from from this movie mm -hmm. <laughs> um uh you know she and she did other uh, you know she's 
gone to do other things that that I like her in as well. Sure. But I I even like her in a thing remake or not not remake. Technically, it's a prequel. Nah, reimagining. So, right? Yeah, prequel. Yeah. We won't get we won't get into that. But uh, no, it, it it's great. This is one of the, the that is one of the graphic novels that I actually do own. I own the the collection, the eight book collection of uh. uh Scott Pilgrim um, graphic novels, mm-hmm. and uh, just they've gone on to do other things. There was a really great game for the Xbox 360, the Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the the say I forget what it's actually. It wasn't versus the world, but the the soundtrack, the games. Ah, I just I loved it. I, I didn't know it was, it was a thing that I wanted to to watch until um, like maybe like the final trailer, and then I said, okay, all right, I'm I'm, I'm in. Yeah, so, good good choice, good choice. And she um. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Mew, as we call her, in the, <laughs> for short, <laughs> is uh, a great singer. Did you know that she? I don't know if they're still around, but she had a um, she had a she was the lead singer of like a music group that did like this French pop uh, sound. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. So, Got a Girl is the name of the band, and it's uh, her on vocals with this other musician, and it's like a French pop. And there's one song that they do called. Uh, did we live too fast? And now I'm going to have to do it to either lead in the episode or play out the episode. So you'll hear it at, <laughs> at some point on this episode, guys. But yeah, she's she's great, is my point. But but she could also sing, which is really cool. Uh, but yeah, look up Got a Girl if you're into like indie rock. And it sounds like you're into Mew, as you, affect, Mew. As you affectionately call her. So maybe, Love Mew. Maybe you'll dig uh, her singing voice as well, but, but that's great too. All right, so yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Sorry to get off on another tangent there, man. What's my deal tonight, brother? I'm so sorry. I'm taking your, it, stealing your thunder. It's my, it's my fault. It's my fault. I, yeah, I, 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 I give the best, given to our best demons. Well, before this, we talked about the Twilight Zone, so maybe I'm still trapped there. I don't know. Uh, all right, man, you're up. What's your runner up, brother? Okay, uh, my my runner up is a movie I saw in 2014 while I was living in Seoul, Korea. I I heard about this this movie and it, I I heard good things about it. It came out and everyone was saying you need to see this movie because we need to have good original sci-fi in theaters. And if you want good original sci-fi in theaters, you've got to support good original sci-fi more. Yeah. Well, this movie is based off of a manga uh, which is Edge of Tomorrow. Tomorrow, originally yeah, titled sure. originally titled All You Need Is Kill, and it is at, at its simplest synopsis, it is Groundhog Day in <laughs> right, alien right. fighting. Right. I, this is based on a graphic novel. It is. It is. Wow. This would have been. I didn't know that. This would have been in my extended list at least. I didn't know that until you just said it. But cool. Yep. I, yep, yep. I didn't know, man. What the hell? I, I didn't do. I'm sorry, Brandon. I didn't do my homework well enough, I guess. But I did <laughs> not know this was based on a graphic novel. This is news to me. But yeah, I, but I heck, love the movie. Heck, heck yeah. All you need is kill. Is it is what it was originally uh, called. And uh, I. I'm not sure if I knew that it was a, a, a graphic novel at first, but then I, the more I, I looked into it, because first of all, you know, I, I went and I watched it and I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, and I, I told everybody, you know, and this was 2014. People were still on the uh, Tom Cruise is is a crazy train train. Mm-hmm. And they were very hesitant to watch anything with, with Tom Cruise in it. Um, and I was like, no, trust me. Look, 
I'm not I, I'm not a fan of Tom Cruise, which, by the way, we can get into a separate conversation about how Tom Cruise is just a really good actor, regardless of how you feel about him. Sure, yeah. I did, I did a top five Tom Cruise movies a few months ago, and uh, I, I don't know. I guess I don't... I guess I wouldn't say like I'm a Tom Cruise like fan. Like I don't like seek out his movies, but I will be the first one to admit that there's been plenty of times that he's impressed me on screen. Uh, you know, Tropic Thunder, A Few, yeah. a few Good Men, uh, Jerry Maguire. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? There's a reason why he's a multi-billionaire doing you know 10 movies a year that are all blowing up at the box office i mean he knows what he's doing you know and edge of tomorrow was a great film and it, it, it was a very interesting spin on that groundhog day trope and by the way I, a little piece of trivia i i had heard at one point and we actually talked about it on that tom cruise up that i mentioned but uh you know there was a rumor going around that in his contract he he wouldn't be killed on camera like his, he wouldn't, he didn't want his characters to ever die on camera, and that was a rumor that he was like, "That's not fucking true." And Edge of Tomorrow, <laughs> I'm gonna die, you know, fifty times or whatever, it is, whatever it is, to kind of prove, <laughs> to kind of prove that rumor wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that was one of the, that. So it's is said that is one of the reasons why he took on this role. So interesting. Yeah, that, that's an interesting bit of a uh, rumor trivia. Yeah. That's that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, we we can we should do a top five uh, actors who we're not fans of, but they're actually really good actors. <laughs> Right, we're in the wrong. Top five reasons why we have the minority opinion. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, Edge of Tomorrow. It's just it's just a fantastic movie, and it's a movie I can watch over and over again. Uh, I do have some issues with with, with the ending, but uh, Bill Paxton is just just superb mm-hmm. in it uh, sure. as as the as the as the sergeant who who keeps waking him up over and over again. Mm-hmm. Tip of the spear, crack of my ass. <laughs> uh, rest, rest in peace, Bill Paxton. Yeah, it's it's so good. great sci-fi. It's good to have good sci-fi out there in the world. So that is my that is my number two. Good pick, man. Uh, and a little education for me on this episode. I did not know until three minutes ago that that was based on a graphic novel. So um, forgive me for not putting that one on my list because now that I'm looking at my list, it probably would have at least been in my top ten. So Edge of Tomorrow, there you go. It's your runner-up. So my runner-up you already mentioned is Sin City. And, uh, you know, you, you spoke about it beautifully when you mentioned it on your list. You know, for me... Um, and I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but just revolutionary, man. Just a game-changing film from from a cinematography production design standpoint. I mean, it just changed the way we thought movies had to look. Do you know what I mean? It looked very different. Um, the blood was white. Um, certain characters were you know, enhanced based on the color that they were. You mentioned the Elijah Wood character, for example, is this really kind of like puke yellow uh, in the film to stand out when everything else is black and white, pretty much. The car is, you know, a bright cherry red. Um, But just a great cast list in this film. I mean, Bruce Willis, Ricky Mort, Clive Owen. I love Rosario Dawson. I actually got to meet her in person uh, shortly after this film came out, actually, which was really cool. She was at a, she was touring for like comic book conventions and stuff. And there was a spinoff of Sin City. I can't remember the name of it right now. Forgive me, but... There was a nah. there was a comic book series that was a spinoff from Sin City where she played her character and it was like focused on her uh, Gail and I met her when she was kind of like promoting that so that was really cool and Jessica Alba is I mentioned this earlier too but I mean just like <laughs> I I mean I have this like. <laughs> kind of moniker of being the creepy Gerald or whatever, but I mean, dude, <laughs> Jessica Alba as Nancy Callahan in that movie with the chaps and just like doing her thing was literally the, the sexiest thing that you had seen in like, you know, cinema 
in like 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, it was amazing. And she's a great actress on top of that. She killed this role. And Bruce Willis not phoning it in. I mean, he was doing a great job of this movie. You know, he cared. Uh, yeah. Um, and Robert Rodriguez. I mean, it's just a great film, man. It's just, uh, you know, you talked about it beautifully before, but I think what I'll take away from Sin City and what I'll leave it on, and you mentioned earlier too, is just the way this film looked. It's like, okay, that came from a graphic novel. Whereas some of the rest of these, we could say, you know, oh, that's a graphic novel? Wow, okay, I didn't know that. Kind of like what I just did with Edge of Tomorrow, for example. But Sin City, it's almost like it had to come from a graphic novel because of the way it looks, you know? And I feel like that's really cool, too. Yeah, one hundred percent. I, I yeah, every everything everything you're saying is exactly how I feel about it. I I, I think that you you mentioned the Bruce Willis not phoning it in. Uh, the the man who's famous for taking on roles that he seems to hate uh, seemed to enjoy this role. And, <laughs> right, right. Uh, so I, I I dig it. I dig it. Ultimately, it it's not my number. It's not my runner up. Yeah, but I could I could definitely see why it, why it is yours. Well, this one in my number one, you know, the first two that I thought of, and then I hit a wall. And I, and I mean, I'm, I thought of just laying there like I wasn't, you know, looking on my computer or anything. I just, when you pitch it to me, I'm like, oh, that one, that one. And then I was like, what else is there? And I, then I was like, oh, okay. As I dove a little more into it, but this is one of the first ones that came, you know, front of mind. It just kind of screams uh, graphic novel. And so does Watchmen, which you mentioned earlier too. I thought of that one pretty early on too. Um, but I feel like Sin City's in that realm where it's like, you just can't help but think that it's almost like if you found out this wasn't from a graphic novel, you'd be like, what? <laughs> That's not from a graphic novel. Um, so, yeah. So, Sin City, my runner-up, man. And we crossed up there, which is not too surprising, I guess. But what is... We're up to our number ones, man. So, I'm excited. Uh, you know, we got to talk Twilight Zone in your show earlier tonight. And now here we are doing our graphic novel films. Ooh. I don't know if we'll cross over, man. Maybe. We have... We... Maybe. I'm not going to say anything. I, I, go ahead. <laughs> you, you say it first. Uh, uh, okay. Well, I... Uh, I, I mean, I think you know what my number one is going to uh, be. It might be mine. I I don't know. I know yeah, you. I so I think maybe we might have the same one, but I want you to say it first in case we don't. Uh. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we do because you've already said my number one. Oh, never mind then. Okay, good sir. Uh, it is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Okie dokie. Uh, written okay. by Brian Lee O'Malley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess. I guess I could go into why I think it's my number one, but I. I already alluded to, to some of it. Uh, it. It was when I saw when I saw the trailers initially for Scott Pilgrim. I said, okay, woo, okay, a little try hard over there with the <laughs> right. with with the video game, right? With get video game stuff. Uh, uh, and then the more I saw of it, and the more I read about it, and the more I got hyped for it, I said, "No, I, w- I want to see this day one." And and I did. And it's and it spoke to you know the the '80s kid in me that would play Nintendo games and wanted to play video games and or it, like Sex Bob Bomb, you know, their band Sex Bob Bomb, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it had that video game feel. And it uh, you know the, the also the the teen angst where. Sure. Uh, Okay, well, you know, <laughs> not knives chow and, and and finding who you actually want to be with and then fighting for who you want to be with against these, you know, random six exes. Right. Not ex boyfriends, mind you. Mm. Six evil exes. Uh just just fan- fantastic. The 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 scene where uh 
they're at the Battle of the Bands, mm-hmm. where or the where the monster, the like the gigantic, uh, they're 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 fighting against the twins, mm-hmm. and Sex Bobomb is playing, and their monster comes out, and it's like all kind of like neon, and it's fighting against the twins' neon monster mm-hmm. is just such an epic badass battle. I agree. You can't. Yeah, it's give give me a semi chub thinking about it. Um, and and they recently did a um they did like a a script read with where the, recently for for charity mm-hmm. Edgar Wright and uh, Michael Sarah Mew they all came back to do to a script read and That's it was cool. just as it was just as interesting listening to them do it and you could tell they all enjoyed it and enjoyed spending time with it mm-hmm. that they they captured the essence of the graphic novel they spoke to a generation mm-hmm. and Edgar Wright did it again. I love it, man. I mean, you know I do. It was on my list too, so I agree with you wholeheartedly. One thing I'll just mention real quick on wrapping up the Scott Pilgrim discussion. <laughs> I love in that movie. That's a really nuanced kind of like behind the scenes, like little one-liner. That's just fucking, I laugh. Like whenever I say, I laugh so hard and everybody's like, what are you laughing at? So in the beginning when he's like waiting on the package to be delivered, do you know what I'm talking about? Because he, know, he <laughs> knows she's going to deliver it. Yeah. And he's with his roommate there. Um, I can't remember the roommate's name for whatever reason, but uh, anyway, they're there at his apartment or whatever. And he gets an alert on his computer. It's like, you've got mail. And he's like, dude, it says I have mail. And then he like sits down and clicks on it. He's like, dude, now I'm reading it. <laughs> that shit just cracks me up. It's like, he's just like shocked because he's never read email on his computer before. I don't know. Um, people are always like, you're so stupid. Why are you laughing at that? I'm like, Michael Sarah just trips me out. So um, but yeah, I love that movie, man. Yeah, cross up on, on Scott Pilgrim there. So a little cross up on Scott Pilgrim. A little cross-up on Sin City. But I cannot believe Brandon. Mm. 1990s kid Brandon did not mention my number one film that comes from a graphic novel is 1994's The Crow, man. Yeah. Sorry, I, it's all good, man. I just am surprised. But it, that's if it helps, that's my wife's number one. Nice, nice. Well, Brandon Lee, who tragically lost his life on the set of this film, which um, you know is another thing we could do a whole other episode on. I actually just watched a documentary on Shutter. We were talking about Shutter earlier tonight. Yeah, Brandon, yeah, Brandon cursed you films, cursed films. Yeah, and they did a really cool episode on. Well, I say cool, but you know what I mean. Interesting. Uh, episode on the crow and kind of the tragedy that that happened on that set when Brandon Lee was accidentally killed. But talking about just the movie, it be, it takes on a new life because of that. Because you know, in the film, Eric Draven is a character who is killed and who his wife is killed, and he is brought back and he is seeking redemption. He's seeking revenge on the people that did him wrong and did his wife wrong. Um, and then the eerie kind of haunting reality of what happened in real life to the to Brandon Lee who was portraying that character it takes on a whole nother meaning and you know on that documentary Curse Films I saw the filmmaker uh, the director Alex Proas said that um, they didn't want to finish the film I mean everybody was obviously just distraught and beside themselves and grieving and just couldn't believe you know what had happened and what was their place in it were they at fault you know nobody wanted to even consider finishing the movie and Brandon Lee's family were the ones that said hey you know this meant so much to Brandon he was so proud of the crow and he was so proud of that project that we want we want it we want it completed we want people to see you know his work in this film and it's it's like an homage and a, a memoriam to him I feel like too 
And not only that, man, but I mean, in 1994, when this film came out, I graduated high school in 94, Brandon. And <laughs> I was a goth dude. I was a grunge rocker goth dude. I was a dark guy. I mean, I still am. But back then, you know, I was black t-shirts every day and just, you know, Seattle grunge music every night. And, you know, Robert Smith from The Cure. I mean, I, that was me, dude. So <laughs> to see The Crow yeah. and to see this character immortalized on screen was just tremendous, man. And the soundtrack for this movie, I still bop to this day, man. Um, you know, bands like The Cure and like Hellman and Stone Temple Pilots and Nine Inch Nails. Uh, you know, it had a very industrial, grainy, dark look to it. And it was a, a character that in Eric Draven and in The Crow, it was, it was a superhero kind of character that was so different from any, you know, maybe you could say there were kind of similarities to like a Batman type character perhaps. But aside from that, it was just so dark and dreary and... Uh, it was kind of a selfish superhero he was. You know, he was really looking for revenge for what happened to him and, and the people close to him specifically. Um, so he was just kicking ass and taking names. You know, he was taking people out, and it was a, it was a different take on that, on that angle, on that story. Um, but I love The Crow, man. I mean, it holds up for me, too. I just watched it this past October, and uh, it's one of my favorite films to come out of the 90s. How do you feel about The Crow? I mean, I know you're a 90s dude, so how do you feel about it? Oh, uh, th- this is... I'm gonna get I'm gonna get filed under top five guests who we never <laughs> never want to hear from again. Is this it? Is this your send off from the piece? <laughs> yeah. No, go ahead, yeah. man. I know this is a divisive film. It actually came up on uh, it was in my top five revenge movies when we did that list last year, and huh. and the guest that I had on for the episode was also not a fan of it. So I mean, I know it's a divisive film. Like not everybody's on board with it, so I get it, man. I mean, it's, the film is subjective, so it's all good, brother. Yeah, I I I wonder I wonder how how the film how i would have felt about the film had it had the tragedy not happened mm-hmm. and, it, and it and it was closer to uh some of the original vision that they had for it you know, on that that cursed films episode they, they also talk about michael berryman who mm-hmm. uh you know if if you know who michael berryman is he was in the hills have eyes yeah. he was in uh <laughs> weird science as as one of the, the oh yeah the yeah you're right i forgot about that yeah <laughs> that's a that's a random flex of, of a reference yeah but uh, yeah, like he was originally supposed to be a, a character that was was kind of fleshed out the the mythology of the crow a, a little bit, mm. and uh, so we, we lost some of that because you couldn't we couldn't use any of that that stuff anymore. Right. And, and and I and I didn't realize this as a kid. I always watched the movie and felt oh it's kind of choppy or or this is I don't know how it's jumping around to to all these different kind of plot line or mm. not plot lines, but it just, it just it didn't felt it d- didn't felt the flow the, the the flow was off. No, I get it. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and understanding that as as an adult, make it's more understandable now because they had to make a prosthetic face for yeah. The, that's the crazy, man. right? Did you see that on the documentary as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Bro, incredibly how crazy. Was that? And yeah, that that they that they that they did that, and I think the director or or uh like the prop man was just you know. Uh, by the way, fantastic series that cursed. Oh, films. it really is, man. I but, mean, I. I couldn't sleep now. I know we're talking about this topic specifically, but just I'll just yeah. tell you when I saw that, I watched them all in 
in one night, by the way, which I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me, but I watched <laughs> five episodes in one night. But how, how can you how can you do that to yourself emotionally? I know. Why did That's I, I, I know. Why did I do that? Well, the last one was the episode on the Twilight oh, Zone, uh, the Twilight Zone helicopter incident, which I know you're probably well aware of because you have a Twilight yeah. Zone podcast. But uh, that was just such a haunting thing that I literally had trouble sleeping that night because, and it had nothing to do with anything from like the film or a supernatural perspective. It was because of a real life, just fucked up incident, um, you know, where these people basically got sliced in half by a helicopter propeller on a movie set that could have easily been prevented, you know? And that, I, I had a lot of trouble gripping with that because I knew, I remembered that story from the eighties. Like when I was a young kid, mm-hmm. I remembered it being in the news media. Um, but that was the first time it had come back up in my psyche in 30 years you know what i mean so yeah well and you and you watch the video right yeah right um yeah 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 we don't want to talk about that because it'll depress me for the rest of the night that's crazy man yeah but i mean that uh, whole series you're right curse films it's it's tragic at times but it's a very very uh intriguing documentary so i recommend it yeah and 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 going back going back to the crow talking about that you know after the family is saying they they that brandon lee was proud of this they he would want to see it be completed Mm -hmm. but still the the creators behind the movie still struggling with that piece as an adult i understand that more and and i give that film a little bit more leeway Mm -hmm. but as a kid and you know i was this came out you said 94 yeah i think so 94 okay I i was 12 and it i was I wasn't there yet in, in in my in my understanding or appreciation of of, of situations, and I wasn't a goth, um, but I was, but I but I was, you know, I was like, I love the offspring and no effects. Right, sure, yeah, the offspring is <laughs> legit, it. bro. No, yeah. I uh, I think maybe that could be a product of it because, like I said, I was 17, 17 going on eighteen ish when this movie came out, and I did see it in the theater. I did see it early on, and. I didn't know about the tragedy till after I saw it. And, you know, because internet wasn't a thing yet. Social media wasn't a thing yet. So you would just have to kind of hear about stuff however you did that. And I can remember hearing like, oh, I just saw that movie. That guy died in real life. Like, you know, and you kind of find out and you're like, holy shit, that Uh, that was a great movie. Um, And I knew knew it was Bruce Lee's son and stuff like that ahead of time. But I didn't know anything about the tragedy till after. Yeah, I, I I, I find out about things if my name is the same name as the actor. There you go. Uh, it, there people went from saying, "Hey, Brandon from 90210, huh? How's Brenda?" <laughs> to, "Oh, oh, you, oh, I heard you died on the set of The Crow the other day." Oh huh? man, people have so yeah. much fun with that, huh? I'm Gerald, so yeah, I'm Gerald sh- Ford. You know, the president <laughs> that succeeded Nixon when he resigned. You know, um, <laughs> that sounds wow. so fun. That's such a that's a much a more fun. Uh, uh, <laughs> either that or Gerald Levert, the R and B singer. <laughs> I can't think of any others right now. <laughs> All right, so there you go, man. Number one for me is The Crow from 94, and Brandon uh, shit all over that, so that's cool. <laughs> so, no, that's a good It's a good choice. It's a good choice. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, I, man. I, I shit on Zack Snyder. I love, Snyder, it. I love so. it. Uh, we're, I love it. It's the best movie ever. We're, we're, we're good, man. So we're going to head over to social media and shout out the fans here in a moment. Brandon, it's just how we wrap up every episode. But before we do that, what do you got, man? Honorable mentions. I told you at the top of the episode, this is the first time that I would, did not round up my top 10. So I've got four honorable mentions. Do you have a few you want to shout out there? I, I, I do. Make sure you add Edge of Tomorrow. If you, oh, yeah. If you I could do that, actually. Yeah. There you go. I'll do that while you're talking. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, no, no, no particular order. Uh, one 
is Snowpiercer. The the other is Ghost World. Adding this to the the list of well, that's a graphic novel. Um, the The Mask. Uh, oh, everybody, yeah, sure, everybody, yeah. everybody loves The Mask. And uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'll throw it. Th- how many was that? Those three. Those three. I think so. I guess. Yeah. Give me. All right. All right. Well, whatever. Whatever uh, you got, man. Who cares at this point? V for uh, Hellboy and uh, 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 I don't know American Splendor. Oh, that's a good. No, no. Road to Perdition. Road. Road to Perdition. I'll go Road, road to Perdition. Perdition. All right. So uh, give it. Uh, give it credit. Uh, by the way, how hot was Cameron Diaz in the mask? Wow. Uh, uh, all right, so sorry. <laughs> Don't follow the thing there. All right, so uh, to round out my top 10, my number six would have been Kick-Ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go with Mark Miller. So, come yeah. on, man. Mark Miller. I mean, Nick Cage, bro, in a superhero costume as Big as big Daddy, no, no less. Uh, oh, yeah, and right. uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, who's an actress I still follow. I love her so much. She's such a good actress. And we got to see her. She was like eight or nine years old. And uh, as Hit Girl in this, just amazing, man. The fight choreography, the, the, the cinematography, just great and kick-ass. I love that movie my number seven because you know i'm a horror guy so i gotta throw some horror in here is a film from 2007 called 30 days of night oh yeah yeah which uh stars josh hartnett josh hartnett who was also in sin city uh but ben foster man is a stranger in 30 days and i ben foster is a tour de force actor who i love time and time again in all the roles he takes on but this is basically a vampire story uh but these vampires are fucked up man i mean they're, <laughs> they're not vampires you want to encounter and they're in this town that it's dark for 30 days uh there's no daylight uh to save these people from these vampires so it's a really it's yeah. a really cool story with with uh with one of the houston kids as a lead vampire yep that's right my number eight would have been from hell uh yeah. starring johnny depp and um heather graham a, a, a movie basically a spinoff of jack the ripper which comes from a graphic novel my number nine would have been a film called red so bruce mm-hmm. willis is popping back up here but i love the idea of red because you got bruce willis you got morgan freeman you got helen mirren and it's basically this super group of of heroes that are senior citizens <laughs> and i just i don't that's just cool to me i don't know why um but it just cracks me up and then i just added <laughs> edge of tomorrow so that would round out my top 10 buddy so there you go uh all right brandon so before we wrap up i like to head over to social media and shout out the fans online and see what they had to say if you're uh down with that brother hell yeah let's get it from from hell or facebook what? all right, all right. What? <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what we'll uh you probably saw some of these but we'll start over on facebook i usually i okay. usually wrap up on facebook but i'll start over there i'll see what twitter has here in a second yeah you know, those twitter guys you never know what they're gonna do so we'll start on facebook <laughs> <laughs> Those wily old Twitter players. Uh, so Chris Yaney, a patron and friend of the show, says that... All right, so let me read his, his comment here. Now, you probably have a, a more vast knowledge of graphic novels, so we'll see what you think about this. I don't have enough to really fact check him on this, but he says he would have said the best graphic novel, and he put it in quotes, adapted to a movie is The Dark Knight Returns, although that was a comic miniseries. Um, what do you think? Do you know anything about The Dark Knight Returns? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, originated from a graphic it, novel. Does he know what he's talking about here? If well, I, if he if, depends on if he's talking about like the the Nolan movies. So uh, what I would what I would say is uh, Batman Begins mm. is not a comic. That was that was uh, Batman Year One, which was a graphic novel. Uh, it, it's basically a pretty direct adapt, adaptation of of Batman Year One. You know, it's funny you say that because that's kind of why I stayed away from some of those because I saw some of those popping up on lists and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to do this thing where you like have to know what edition was what for what. You know what I mean? Like to me, Bat <laughs> yeah, to me, yeah. Batman is comic book source material. Yeah. So because the because well, Killing Joke is a graphic novel, so you could argue any movie with the Joker, right or not? Well, uh, 
No, well, like DC came out with an animated version of of the Killing Joke. Okay. Uh, um, you know there there are the, the thing with the Batman films overall is especially with with Nolan and and even the the Batman coming out the Matt Reeves mm-hmm. uh, remake of it like they have references and homages to specific stories so like Matt Reeves Batman uh it's not out yet but there it's reported that it, it's based off of Batman year 2 mm-hmm. or the long Halloween uh some of the some of Nolan's films are have taken stuff from right. the storylines of Batman the history of Batman like you know Batman getting his back broken by by Bane and in, mm-hmm. in Nightfall, though those are things. But I would say Batman Begins is the only film that had had taken directly from an ad, ad, adapted storyline. Gotcha. And you, even like a Batman versus Superman, I would say that's the closest to what the Dark Knight return, uh, Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, with an old grizzled Batman, a Frank Miller type type Batman who is you know closer to fascism than mm-hmm. uh, and and beating the shit out of Superman. Yeah. Like. Yeah. The, the whole the whole electrical suit of gotcha, you know. gotcha. Jared Taylor, uh, another patron and another good buddy of the show, has got a gift from the crow when Eric Draven enters the church with the crow on his shoulder. Love that man, love that. I can just hear the cure playing in my head when I look at that gift. Um, <laughs> David Powell, a uh, good dude. He's got two here. He's got two that we mentioned: Road to Perdition and Sin City. Phil Root, Phil uh, Root said Road to Perdition is the correct answer. Uh, Michael Hill, friend of the show. He's been on the show before. He's a friend of mine in real life, actually. Believe that or not, I have friends, Brandon, in real life. <laughs> uh, well, this is news to me. <laughs> Breaking. But I know, right? But how about this one? So, did you see the Old Guard on Netflix this year with Charlize? I did. I did. So he, I so did. he mentioned the Old Guard. He mentioned V for Vendetta, Kick-Ass Hellboy, and Scott Pilgrim. Did you? Were you a fan of the Old Guard? I did. I did like this. The Old Guard. I, I. I had. I had some pacing issues with it, and some of the music choices were, were kind of out of left field. But overall, I, I. I said to myself, I could watch some more of this. I, I'd enjoy it. Yeah, it was good. I. You know, there were there were parts of it that I really enjoyed, uh, and it usually centered around like the action pieces. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt like the dialogue and some of the back and forth with some of the characters was a little too. I just felt a little too forced at times. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm with you on the choreography, especially you know coming from any Marvel film where where Black Widow does that same like spin move and then lands on the ground mm-hmm, and then like, mm-hmm. lifts her head up and looks at the camera. They didn't have any of that stuff with for Shalise Theron. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see. Uh, Snowpiercer comes from Dana over on the. Facebook Facebook fan page. Thank you so much, Dana. Yeah. That's a great film. Uh, Amanda on the Facebook page says Ghost World. She said it's the best. She ran a whole discussion and analysis of it for her narrative class that she's doing. Uh, she also said Edge of Tomorrow and Snowpiercer. So some uh, recurring themes there as far as shout outs yeah. go. And- I, I, uh, I, 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 on Chris Yaney, he, he did he did mention that he wants to give a strong honorable mention to Heavy Metal. Oh yeah, that's which, right. Uh-huh. Which uh, not necessarily graphic novel, but but graphic magazine. Uh, but that 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 the zombie short uh, scene in like the world war ii bomber right that whole zombie island thing mm. fucking gave me the creeps as a, as a kid <laughs> yes i haven't seen that in a long time but i vaguely remember that so good anyway. so melissa from brook reading has got a gif of the crow see that brandon I, I, i'm getting Aww. love from people out there but she said this is easy peasy <laughs> lemon squeezy and she put up a gif of draven lighting the match and the fire uh shows the image of the crow there mario in the bar has got the most bad Badass one that he can think of as 300. I mean, come on, dude. You have these buff dudes and speedos and capes. 
<laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, that's just got to be up there. Uh, our buddy Dan from Netflix and Swill has got a good top five here. We mentioned almost all of these, but there's one that we didn't that is a movie that I actually really, really enjoy, but for some reason it's not in my top ten. But he's got Watchmen, Sin City, Scott Pilgrim, 300, and Old Boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Old yeah. Boy's a great yeah. film, and we didn't mention that one tonight. No, we did. Uh, Word Salad Radio, History of Violence, Ghost World, V for Vendetta, and then they said Captain America Civil War. So where are we going on this, Brandon? So this is this another one where that particular movie is set from a graphic novel as opposed to a comic? Civil War? Do you know? Uh, I I uh, yeah, I would I would put that more along the lines of, of comic because that that I mean I I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't kick you out of out of the room sure. for for bringing yeah the it lines up because, are blurred though right I mean it's like yeah, yeah it, you know that's when it when it is an overarching comic event. Uh, then you know, like, there's a bunch of different comics that lead up to this 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 epic, like you know, six part uh, miniseries. Sure. Then then that 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 kind of blurs a line to me a little bit. It's like if 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 DC came out with a Crisis on Infinite Earths uh movie, mm-hmm. like there there are so many comics that tied into that that main event. And yes, it turned into a graphic novel. Eventually, you could buy it in trade paperback. But and I guess that you could say that for a lot of these. Yeah, sure, so, true. So true. Who, so who am I? Who am I to judge? Yeah. Who am so I? So basically, what you're saying is you have no idea. All right, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me, too. <laughs> I'm with you. I have no clue. <laughs> Um, all right, so Imran, you know Imran from Jock and Nerd. Yeah, Imran, yeah, I love that's Imran. My dude. We talked about you when, when him and I recorded last. I was like, hey, you know Aww. Brandon. He was like, yeah, Brandon. And I just said, you know Imran. He's like, yeah, yeah, Imran. Trivia game. So you guys know each other. <laughs> so he's got, here's his list. We mentioned, uh, I think, all of these. He's got History of Violence, Road to Perdition, Ghost World, and The Crow. There you go. Thank you, Imran. Gidget, has, uh, Gidget Von LaRue says, From Hell and Sin City. Our buddy uh, Chris16, uh, which is just affectionately the letter C on Twitter. I love that he just ticks <laughs> on a letter. I love that. But uh, he's got one that I've never heard of. I was going to ask you, and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. But uh, Persepolis? Oh, yeah. You yeah. know that one? I've, I've not seen it, but I know oh, okay, of it. Okay, because I, I had never heard of that one. That was one of the few that I was like, what is that? I never heard of that. I need to check that out, Persepolis. Uh, Corey Tatum says, Watchmen 300 and Scott Pilgrim. And then our buddy Nick from the Epic Film Guys has shared a gift from Watchmen. So he's on board with you, but he also... Uh, loves Zack Snyder. Uh, he is a Zack Snyder apologist and loves him, so I'm not I'm not too shocked <laughs> there. But nonetheless, thank you for the feedback, Nick, from Epic Film Guys. All right, uh, Braden, dude, yeah. we shared the night together here. We've been in here. We've been doing all this recording. Um, it, 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 it's been awesome, man. You know, I'm a big fan of yours, and I love spending time with you and chatting about, you know, whether it's movies or Twilight Zone or whatever it is. I, I'm always uh, very thankful that I, I'm able to get together and chat about this stuff with you. Why don't you tell all the folks... I know you have uh, a few different things going on right now. Why don't you tell the folks and point them where you want to point them in? Okay. All right. This 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 is so difficult. This is the the hardest part of any kind of appearance on a podcast is is trying to talk about myself. <laughs> uh, I could talk about anything else. That, that's that's yeah. fine. But talk about me. Mm, well, uh, I'm just gonna I'm just yeah. gonna edit this out anyway. It's not even gonna make the episode. I'm just gonna make you do it. So okay. Per- perfect. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead, man. Where, where can they find you, now, brother? Just you're good. Now now that the recording is off. <laughs> Look, everybody. My name is Brandon Cruz. Okay, it all it all uh, started in third grade when <laughs> it was a cold, cold summer morning in La Crescenta, California. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a few different places. I. You know, Gerald was was kind enough to, to mention Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast, which uh, Rick and Morty is not on right now. Uh, season five 
probably will, will come back in fall. Whenever new news comes for that, we'll, we'll, we'll be there to talk about anything. We'll try to have interviews and such. I think the next thing we're going to do is try to have a, uh, the, the, the Rick and Morty subreddit is hitting 2 million folks soon. And uh, so I'm going to try to bring in one of the original moderators from there to, to talk about how uh, they built up that community. So that's something to look for. Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Submit it for your approval of Twilight Zone podcast. That's me talking about the Twilight Zone. You can find that on Twitter. And uh, guess what? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna be there. You're gonna be there, and not this next episode, but the the episode after. So uh, Saturday, y- yeah, it was a lot of fun to record that, guys. And you know, this full disclosure, Brandon, I record way too far in advance. So this episode, oh. <laughs> this episode that we're doing for graphic novel is probably not gonna be out till like November because I do a whole 2021. I, yeah, it'll be out like when the Batman comes out. I'm gonna release this. Uh, no, it'll be this year. But I, you know, I do a whole horror thing for October, so it'll probably be after that. So. Okay. Uh, I will be on hopefully your Twilight Zone feed by then, I would imagine. So okay, so everyone listening to this will have already heard me because we I talked to you about horror and that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so uh, at Rick and Morty Pod on Twitter at s four y a underscore pod. Uh, on Twitter as well. And then finally, uh, if you want to hit me up directly, I'm at Barnyard Cruise on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm but, a big uh, fan of yours, man. So, you know, we go way back to the Blazing Caribou days, and you, you've always been a great supporter of the Peas, man, because, you know, I've had, back in my early days especially, like I had, I would have technical problems. Like, Brandon, what the hell do I do here? Where's my episode? How do I post this? <laughs> and you would jump right on and help me. You, you know, you've gotten on uh, FaceTime with me before and, like, walk me through shit, you know, back in my early days so uh and now you're the master Gerald. yeah well yeah thanks I'm, to people like you, you for advice you know? so uh you're just a great dude man so i hope people you know look if you're fans of rick and morty if you're fans of, of twilight zone and if you're fans of podcasts make sure you check brandon out all of his information will be in the show notes and uh give him a follow over there because he's a great dude and he does a lot of great work over there so brandon thank you so much for coming back on the peas man to talk about movies based from graphic novels and thanks for coming up with the topic it was a lot of fun to research but i appreciate you being here man thank you for having me it means a whole shitload <laughs> To, to be absolutely here. man and uh we'll be back next week guys we will have another top five list for you and another pee on the pod until then we'll see you next time bye Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening.